This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday, January the 28th and we're starting today with a bit of confusion over whether or not a planned rise in national insurance will go ahead in April. There are calls for the hike to be scrapped because of fears it'll force inflation up even further and that will increase prices in shops even more. It's also being reported the Prime Minister could delay the move to try and win back support. But one government minister insists the tax will go up as planned because it's been signed off by MPs. So all a bit of a muddle then and very unclear as to what exactly is going to happen. Will we end up having to pay more? And indeed, can we afford it? Well, this was the topic of conversation on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. Tudor Price is from the Kenton Victor Chamber of Commerce. He was chatting to Leisha and doesn't reckon it'll be good for businesses or their staff. No one likes to pay more tax. But in this situation, I think it's the timing is not good. Um, I think we recognise that, you know, uh, a lot of money has been spent and uh, the coffers need to be sort of refilled and that's understandable. But we could do with a delay on this because, of course, it's not just the employee that's paying 1.25. The employer has a contribution to make as well on top of what they take from the employee and pass on to the tax man. So this is a hit on top of that. Plus, we're under pressure from wages at the moment. Most employers are having to look at the cost of inflation what they're paying their, their staff and therefore sort of trying to make that up to sort of try and help them sort of meet, meet the cost of living. So you've got a cost of living increase on wages. You've also then got uh, competitive environments where staff are being sort of tempted away. So you have to maybe up your, your salary bill to try and make sure you retain staff. Plus, of course, you've got all the, the issues of the, of the pandemic and some of the disruption that's caused supply chain. And now there's going to be another tax in April. Not right now. Do you know that'd be the worst possible thing we could do? A bit of a delay. Just you know, we're in this in the very, very fragile stage of recovery post-pandemic. Um, I understand the need for it, uh, but right now is just not good timing. Peter Taylor Gooby is a trustee at Canterbury Food Bank and joined the panel of experts. I think uh, this is the wrong tax, and it's the wrong at the wrong time. Uh, just remember, the national insurance increase is an emergency tax for one year. After a year, it changes into a tax that will be directed to social care. And we urgently need more money in social care, but we urgently need more money in all sorts of areas. And what we have to do is think carefully about the whole tax system. I would be keen on extra taxation on very wealthy people. They're the group that's done best in the last 10 years. They've got the broadest shoulders. They should pay something back. What we've been seeing, well, really over the whole period of the pandemic, has been that there are more and more people, people who would normally just about get by on low pay. And increasingly, work's been so disrupted through the pandemic that they're coming to us. But what we're noticing now is that we've actually got more people coming to us than we've ever had before. We gave out 11,000 meals roughly uh, in December. That's the highest level we've ever had. And there seems no end to it. More and more people come. And we've had benefit cuts, uh, £20 a week last October. And then we've got benefit freeze on universal credit with a very low increase next year. Uh, Pensions are not going up 
fast enough to keep pace with food prices and fuel prices. Then we've got all the cost of living hikes coming along. Uh, and this is an extra tax that's going to hit people on low earning. You can still watch that episode in full by heading to our Facebook page where you can still leave a comment as well. We will, of course, keep you updated with any further developments and you can get the latest national news by heading to that section of Kent Online. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a Snodland woman who subjected her neighbours to threats and abuse on a daily basis has been jailed for a year. 57-year-old Caroline Cousins from St Benedict Road has also been banned from walking past one of her victims' homes. A court heard she has an alcohol dependency problem and had previously breached an order to stay away from a neighbour. A Maidstone man's been jailed for nine months following a high-speed police chase in Cambridgeshire. The 27-year-old tried to get away from officers who were called to reports of hair coursing on Boxing Day. He forced other cars off the road and reached speeds of up to 90 miles per hour before being arrested. The Home Office has admitted unlawfully confiscating the phones of asylum seekers who've crossed the channel to Kent. Three men from Iraq and Iran have brought a case to the High Court, claiming there was a secret blanket policy to seize mobiles from those arriving on small boats and download the data from them. Well, officials are also accused of bullying people into handing over their PIN numbers, and the case is continuing. Now, if you've driven on the A249 near Sittingbourne recently, chances are you've probably noticed the huge amount of work being done to change the layout of the Stockbury roundabout. Certainly not hard to miss the huge amount of trees that have come down. Well, residents say the £92 million project is causing gridlock on rural roads. In fact, part of the A249 is due to be shut again this weekend, so utility pipes can be moved. Although last weekend's closure was called off at the last minute because of health and safety concerns, causing even further delays and a fair bit of confusion. Well, Gordon Henderson is the MP for Sittingbourne and Sheffield. He's been speaking to Tom from our colleagues at KMTV. For as long as I've been Member of Parliament and beyond, um, there have been huge uh, problems on the A249 on the stretch leading up to the Stockby roundabout uh, and um, horrendous congestion all the time, um, not just uh, at peak rush hour times, all day there's problems. And um, and I've been pushing for years to get something done, and I'm delighted that now work has started on putting a flyover uh, over that roundabout, which will greatly help to improve the situation on the A249 generally, and, and that stretch of it in particular. Uh, and what I would say to those people who have uh, been inconvenienced at the moment. I know there are some of them have been inconvenienced. Uh, there is no gain without pain on these things. And unfortunately, you know, we've been through uh, a similar exercise uh, some years ago when they built the uh, the Sheppey Crossing. Uh, and uh, for a couple of years, there were huge problems getting on and off the Isle of Sheppey. Um, but once it's completed, is far better and that's what's going to happen with the stop roundabout once it gets completed so we're talking winter uh, 2024 that's what the signs uh, say on the roundabout um, what would be the advantages for uh, for the local area well it will it will it will help uh, the, the the traffic flow because what, one of the problems uh, at the the uh, round uh, stop roundabout are the traffic lights there and if we can uh, increase the flow of traffic 
the north-south flow from Sittingbourne to Maidstone and back again, that will remove a lot of the uh, traffic actually at that roundabout. Uh, and I would hope will enable Highways England to remove the traffic lights because it won't, there won't be any need for it. Well, this weekend, the A249 is going to be closed northbound between the Stockbury and Key Street roundabouts, and the overall work is due to be completed in the winter of 2024. And staying with some roadworks, because a year's worth are underway to move the Operation Brock concrete barrier on the M20. Speed and lane restrictions will come into force tonight as it's relocated from the hard shoulder to the central reservation, and other upgrade work is done at the same time. So from 8 tonight until 6 tomorrow, Tomorrow morning, the motorway will be closed in both directions between Junction 9 for Ashford and 8 for Leeds Castle. Details of the diversion route for that one are at Kent Online. And if you are heading out onto the roads this weekend, you'll need to know that changes to the highway code come into force. From tomorrow, if drivers are turning into a junction and a pedestrian is waiting to cross the road, it's the vehicle that has to give way. Meantime, cyclists can now ride in the centre of a lane to make themselves more visible. Well, Marcel Payne is a driver instructor in Maidstone. Having looked through the changes to the rules, it is just um, formalising basic courtesy on the roads. It's stuff that we would teach anyway with regards to um, giving priority to cyclists, making sure that more vulnerable road users are looked after. I I can't see any major change. As I say, it literally is just formalising it, it's putting it down in writing. But good drivers would be following these rules for years and years and years anyway. And it's certainly what we would teach we're kind of like kept in the dark as driving instructors. A, a personal concern of mine is when we take pupils to a test, how are they going to be marked with the new highway code changes? Um, we've virtually received no communication from our governing body, DVSA, um, and it would be nice to get some clarification on that as well. The Kent Online Podcast. With Ball in Maidstone. Health bosses are looking at alternative uses for a Nightingale surge hub, which is being built at the William Harvey Hospital in Ashford. The 100 bed facility is nearly finished and was originally put up for COVID patients, but it's not expected to be needed. The Kent and Medway Clinical Commissioning Group say the temporary building could be used for something else instead. Meantime, latest figures show the number of people in hospital with COVID in Kent is continuing to drop, but cases are rising. 338 patients were being treated on Tuesday, down from 382 the previous week. More than 17,000 people tested positive in the seven days to last Saturday, and infection rates are going up in nearly every part of the county. A man claims to have been verbally abused, mocked and nearly run down by a Domino's delivery driver in Ashford. He says he struggled to get out of the Pilgrim's Hospice charity shop after the driver blocked the door with his car. After taking a picture, he claims he was sworn and laughed at. Domino's say they're investigating the allegations. Kent Strictly winner Rose Ailing Ellis is backing calls for British Sign Language to be a legally recognised language. A new bill which has the government support has been discussed in the Commons today and could see sign language used during public service announcements. Well, Rose, who grew up in Hythe, became the first deaf contestant on the dancing show and has brought the campaign into the spotlight. 
A group of volunteers in Gravesham are working with a home office to find a refugee family that could relocate to the area to start a new life. The Refugee Welcome Group are hoping to encourage a local landlord to make a three or four bedroom home available to rent at local authority rates. They also need to raise £12,000 to provide the family with long-term support. We've been chatting to Angus Barry, who heads up the volunteers and says there are many reasons that people may need help and should move here. So resettlement involves a country such as the UK or or many other countries in the world uh, identifying people who are still in really vulnerable circumstances who who are in need of of refuge. Um, So, for example, a family who has fled the Syrian civil war and is still in a refugee camp but still has vulnerabilities and still is under maybe threats to their physical well-being and maybe they've got complex medical conditions which can't be met there. All all kinds of different reasons that people are still in danger. Would you be able to tell me sort of exactly, you know, where the refugees you help the family will go um, with the money that you're trying to raise um, to help resettle them? What exactly, you know, would they stay in, in Gravesham? Where would they go? They would stay in Gravesham. We would find them accommodation for the first two years, uh, but that's paid through actual local, local housing allowance. Um, so, the, so the money would be things for translators, English lessons, furnishing the house. We've got some 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 months, some space in our budget for p- providing training for people finding a new occupation um, so that they can move into work. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, you know, what you said, because I think lots of people would look at this on, on the surface and think, you're just going to, you know, get this family and place them in the middle of Gravesham and, and leave them to it. But it's really about getting them involved yeah. in the community and making sure that they can make this a long term uh, position for them, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, so resettlement can be a really powerful thing and it, and, and people that can make, um, you know, have a new life in security and safety. But there's a lot of work to be done in terms of supporting them do that. But they might have come from quite traumatic um, circumstances they probably have you know there's a huge culture shock usually in terms of getting to know you know everything from whether to shop at waitress or asda what the difference is their own brand this is not own brand you know you, our group will take them around on their first shopping trips take them to job centers explain what universal credit is i mean if, if you watch you could think about you know the last thing you did before watching this video and then think about if you had no experience of english society before that what would you need explained to you and, and help through that process? So I guess over a year, we'll try and um, help them become more independent and, and integrated. You know, so they've got control over their lives, but the support to understand how to thrive in our community. As part of the national programme, so far around 450 refugees have been welcomed to the country. Kent Online reports. Controversial plans to build 12 beach huts near Whitstable have been scrapped. There was a massive public backlash over the council's idea to put them along the slopes of Marine Crescent in Tankerton. Residents were worried it would have spoiled a beautiful part of the seafront. Elsewhere, the next stage of a controversial seafront development near Folkestone has been given the green light. 150 homes and a leisure centre are due to be built at Prince's Parade in Hythe. Applications to put in stormwater drains and an electrical substation have been approved, despite residents' concerns about contamination and spiralling costs. Swale Borough Council has been recognised as having the second best plan to tackle climate change in the country. They've been given a score of 64% by Climate Emergency UK. Bosses say they're working hard to become carbon neutral by 2025 by making the switch to electric vehicles, planting thousands of trees and getting rid 
of single-use plastic. Sigala's been telling our sister radio station KMFM that the next 12 months are going to be super busy. He was on the hit list last night with Numi talking about new single Melody and his upcoming album. It feels like ages since I've put a song out. I, I collabed with Rita Ora last year, um, but I've been just so keen to get more music out. And uh, I've got so much planned for this year, so it's going to be a very busy one for me. Oh, it's the start of an exciting year. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the song. Yeah, so the song's called Melody. Uh, I made it with a bunch of very close friends uh, and uh, fellow songwriters and uh, a bunch of people, basically, that we've all kind of like grown up in the same studio block the last sort of eight or nine years. And uh, we've never put a song out together, so... We all got together, made made melody, and uh, yeah, the the girl singing it is uh, called Ida. She's from from Norway. She's an incredible vocalist. Um, I just had to keep her on the record because it, it was just her voice was just too good to replace so if you missed their chat you can listen to the full thing at kmfm.co.uk and finally today it seems we could have found the smartest three-year-old in kent freddie alsey from whitstable can already do his times tables name the planets in order pinpoint countries on a globe and read books well staff at his school have even suggested he takes an iq test after noticing him teaching other pupils the alphabet we've been to meet freddie and his mum rachel of the planets from the sun. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Well done, very good. Once he started speaking, he just went from there. He he learnt the numbers first, um, and then he went to the alphabet. He started learning times tables, and then now he's just starting reading books, picking them up himself, and reading them. Is it a ball? It was a... Yeah, it wasn't a ball. It wasn't a ball. They were asking me it was a ball. And it wasn't, was it? Yeah. (laughs) Mum, Pat's put the... Put the lids back on the tabs. He actually made friends with another little boy because he knew the alphabet, so he was teaching another little boy. Um, Yeah, so yeah, they get on really well with him at nursery. Um, And they've recently sent me a uh, link to the Mensa website to see if he can be assessed for high IQ. Can you show me where England is? Well done. And whereabouts is Russia? Well done. And where is China? Well done. And what about the North Pole? Uh, I was trying to um, find like clubs or sort of things he can do outside of the home to make it more challenging for him or do it in a different environment at least to... um, to sort of just broaden um, his knowledge, really. Yeah. And do the two. two, four, six, eight. Just for info, the youngest UK member of Mensa is three-year-old Kashi Quest from Wales, who was only two when tested and recorded an IQ of 146. The average is just 98.
Kent Online Sport. For Ball and Gillingham, welcome promotion chasing Oxford United to Priestfield this weekend. The Jules picked up a point from a 0-0 draw against Shrewsbury Town on Tuesday night, but we'll be hoping for all three tomorrow. Here's caretaker manager Steve Lovell. I think every game is a challenge. I think uh, when you're on the run that we're on, um, it, it's it's a it's a tough situation to get out of. I've I've been in it a number of times as a player. And I know what it's like. Uh, but when you get that first win, it does give everybody a boost. Or if you get a, a good performance, or as a forward, you score a couple of goals, it can half lift your, your uh, the morale and your confidence. So that's something that we've got to really um, get on board very, very quickly because we are, as you say, running out of games and running out of time. And we do need to get points on the board. Uh, and we all know that. Uh, but the performances, if the performances improve, then uh, you've got more chance of getting them results. And I think we're getting there defensively on Tuesday. We were sound. We didn't give them anything. Uh, the only thing that was missing really was us sticking the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, you know, they didn't cause us many problems on Tuesday at all, which was a, a pleasing factor for us. Gillingham are currently one place off the bottom of the League One table. Kickoff tomorrow is at three, and you can, of course, follow the match action at Kent Online. Meantime, striker John Akindi has left the club. The 32 year old has signed for Colchester United in League Two. He made 70 appearances for the Jules and scored nine goals after joining in January 2020. And in cricket, Kent's Tammy Beaumont only managed five runs for England in the first innings of their Ashes test overnight. They finished a 2 on 235 for 8 in Canberra with captain Heather Knight scoring more than half of those runs. Australia are ahead by 102 and are also winning the multi-format series 4-2 on points. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And Whilst you're on the website today, you can read the latest review by our secret drinker who's been to the Prince Albert pub in Whitstable. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.